Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nasty, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring fantasy flight games as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. I'm Ben. And today, we're packing our parkas, boots, and tinted goggles and heading out into the Arctic Tundra. We're going to be starting out this expedition by talking the Investigators of Arkham, Edge of the Earth Edition. Hooray! It's about time. Also, sled dogs. What what are we saying what? about sled dogs? What's what's going on? I'm very excited about dogs. <laughs> Dane, we're not talking about dogs today. The dogs are not the investigators. Dane, were you not satisfied when they made an entire product that was basically a dog version <laughs> of the entire game? Like was that was that not enough for you? Also, aren't you allergic to dogs? That's also a good point. These are these are these are two very good points that I would like to investigate further after this cast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So I think at this point, we're not sure when this podcast comes out, if this if the product's actually going to be out yet in the, in the U.S. or not. But everything's been previewed at this point. But if you want to keep it uh, a surprise for when the box comes out, uh, then you know come back here later. Otherwise, beware of spoilers ahead. Yeah, there's still, uh, it feels like there's still a lot of uncertainty about when we're actually going to get our hands on this stuff. So that's mm. that's a little bit, a little bit disappointing, but I don't know. I guess it's it's in the pipeline. We'll get it at some point, right? The important part is, is that we will. Asterisk. So just a just a reminder, because we've done several of these episodes before talking about investigators. Uh, what we what we try to do is answer five questions for each of these investigators. Uh, what is their greatest strength? What is their greatest flaw? What kind of roles can they play in a group or on their own? Uh, what are some of their favorite cards? And uh, lastly, just a fun one: What movie would they star in? Is there a movie we would recommend people to watch that'll kind of get you into the spirit to uh, play this particular investigator? So. Uh, I guess without without delaying any further, let's uh, jump right in and start talking about these people. Yeah, so the first investigator we have in the Edge of the Earth is Daniela Reyes. Uh, she's the mechanic. She has uh, four will, one intellect, five combat, and two agility. And she has a uh, pretty unique ability here. So uh, triggered ability after an enemy attacks you, except an attack of opportunity you provoked, even if that attack was canceled... Either deal one damage to that enemy or automatically evade it. And then she's got eight health, six sanity. And then her deck building is she's got level zero guardian cards, level one to five survivor cards, neutral cards zero to five, and then up to five other level zero survivor cards. And that's kind of the thing I guess we should mention first, is that all of the Edge of the Earth investigators kind of abide by this same formula where they have their main, their, their starting class is like Daniela, for example, is a guardian. She's blue. And uh, they eventually go into a different class at higher levels. They're like 80% of college uh, students, right? You know, you start in one major and then completely drastically change <laughs> a couple years in. But yeah, uh, that's fair. I've, uh, I've, I've been referring to this phenomenon as hyper-normanization because everybody is Norman now. <laughs> Everybody is Norman now. So wait, do we want to talk about the signature cards now? Or? Yeah, you want to want to mention her yeah. signature cards before we dive in? Yeah, so her signature card is Mechanics Wrench. Uh, it is a two-cost asset. It has two combat symbols and a wild symbol on it. It is an item, a tool, and a melee. It has a free trigger on it uh, with Exhaust, Mechanics Wrench. Choose an enemy at your location. That enemy attacks you. 
Wow, that's bad, you might say, but wait, there's more. Action, fight, use this ability only against an enemy that has attacked you since the end of your last turn. You get plus two combat for this attack and deal plus one damage for this attack, and it takes up a hand slot. Lastly, we have the weakness, Mob Goons, uh, which is fun to say, and has three combat of its own, three health, and three agility. It is a humanoid and a criminal, hunter, prey, uh, Daniela Reyes only. This enemy's attacks cannot be cancelled. Damage and horror dealt by this enemy's attacks is treated by treated as direct. And then they deal one health and These one damage. Some bad goons. They oh, look yeah. pretty goony. Uh one of them kind of looks like Ben Affleck in a weird way. And it says debt is a Which one? Here. Which one do you see Ben Affleck in? The the left one. I uh, I don't know. Somehow they put me in mind of the like Italian mobsters that uh, they beat up at the beginning of The Departed. I don't know why, though. Oh, sure. Sure. That also works. Yeah, so that's Daniela. Initial impression, uh, her, her greatest strength seems to be that she has a fantastic four will and a fantastic five combat. Anybody who has, who has a five in combat as their main stat, worth a look at. Only, I think, the third guardian and fourth uh, investigator to have that five in combat. That is really great. Yes. That is that is a real asset, for sure. Exactly, yeah. And uh, the four will, really, really great defensive stats for Guardians. Guardians usually have a really good supplement for that, and cards like Steadfast and other things. So I think that she's going to have a totally fine time dealing with like harder treacheries, like what you might see in the Circle of None or something. And I, I also think that uh, her ability could be pretty strong, right? I mean, anything that lets you... like. We often say that like beat cop level two is the best guardian card, or certainly it's up there, right? Like anything that lets you kind of on command do extra damage to things. It's also why Zoe's cross is very good, right? Anything mm-hmm. that lets you get out an extra ping of damage to finish something off or to kill like a, a cultist or something like that is very, very good, right? So because of Danielle's ability, you know, obviously there's a risk of dying if you're letting things attack you all the time, but uh, she could, for instance, run up and engage a cultist let it attack her during enemy phase and just kill it, right? Mm-hmm. Or she, there's a lot of cards that sort of, even though it doesn't trigger off of her pr- provoking AOOs, which is kind of too bad, um, there are a lot of cards that sort of force the enemy to attack you, so she can make really good use of those. That could be a pretty good strength for her. I think there's even some cards in this pack that like let other people trigger AOOs on <laughs> on, on her, and those, those could proc it. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think she's going to end up... She's an interesting guardian because it seems like maybe she doesn't want to do too much direct attacking with a weapon and instead wants to, like, try to find clever ways to make enemies attack her, like, soak that damage and then, you know, uh, retaliate against them, basically. I keep picturing, uh, like, in, in, like, a fighting game where you have, like, a parry. If you, like, perfectly parry something, you get, like, a counter. Or or in, like, mm-hmm. Dark Souls where you can, like... One of my uh, favorite mechanics. Yeah, or, like like, in Bloodborne, you, like time it just right and you like shoot someone and then stab them in the chest or whatever yeah that's that's kind of what it keeps reminding me of and i know i mean i think like dane has like tried to build decks like this in the past i think with hunting knife and stuff like that that are trying to be kind of like reactive and it's it seems like this is sort of the natural home for those type of Mm. builds maybe yeah it's a little bit of a shame that she can't take survival knife level two well, let's let's just segue directly to weaknesses because I think there is yeah. <laughs> a huge there's a huge glaring flaw to Daniela that we should discuss now, right? Yeah, she's not your typical guardian in that uh, she's not going to upgrade into really really good guardian cards, <laughs> which is a little bit of a bummer. 
it's it really sucks honestly like it's just it's just straight up worse like i think a lot of these a lot of these uh norman normanoids that we're going to talk about <laughs> it's like a trade-off like okay well you don't get the high level cards in your own class that you normally get but you have access to other things that in some cases might even be better or at least comparable with daniela i really just think that she's missing a ton of great blue cards and i don't see a lot of red cards that are going to help her all that much am i am i wrong am i being too pessimistic I mean, there are a good amount of red cards that will help her like absorb attacks and shave, you know, shake off uh, attacks of enemies. Like that's kind of a several thing. She can, I mean, if she wants to, she could just go straight for the Jessica Peter combo um, and soak a lot of damage there. That is true. I forgot about that. But she, yeah, she is missing out on like the big heavy hitting weapons. There's, I mean, there's a couple more in Survivor, um, but they're not as good as guarding weapons weapons would be. So that's why she might maybe she'll lean a little bit more into events that. Letter proc stuff. I think some of the cards we've seen are like, you know, play, it's an event that like an enemy attacks you and then you have to do something else and also you get to trigger her ability and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good point. And especially the Peter and uh, what's the other one? Jessica. I can't Jessica. remember. But, um, yeah. I mean, those are good for her because she does need ways to absorb, to soak damage in horror, I think. And she, those are good cards even apart from that. So that's good. Um, but, but she just, she misses out on vicious blow two. She misses out on beat cop that we mentioned earlier. She misses out on things like stand together and safeguard and just a, a lot of really good cards. I mean, she has access to the level zero ones of those, which obviously aren't as strong, but she can start off with them and replace them with survival stuff. So she'll pick up like events that help her out. I mean, she'll have like dodge or whatever, but she goes to run some of the low, like uh, she can run like guard dog, you know, guard dog likes to be attacked. That's part of like Dean's attack me suite. She likes, um, I've seen some, some funny things like infighting, for example, which is a card that I, I mm. completely forgot existed and nobody would ever take it ever. But on Daniela, there could be a case made for taking it during like in a particularly swarm heavy place where, you know, you might take a, take an attack opportunity that everything gets hit from her ability, which is kind of neat. The, also, the other thing to mention, too, is that her ability is not non-elite, and there is definitely a non-zero mm. amount of times where you're maybe just as a guardian and a seeker, and you might have a really, really big enemy on you, and you've, you've taken a lot of, uh, you know, you're pretty battered from the majority of the campaign or the scenario, and the boss spawns on you, and you need to, like, dodge it somehow, and this is a great way to do it, right? Like, if, if it hits you and you dodge it, doesn't it it says that uh it can be canceled and then you'll still have the ability you can do an additional damage or if you absolutely need it you can dodge it which is kind of nice i mean for like massive enemies if you want to have your whole team hanging out i think if you would take the attack first then you'll get to evade the massive enemy and then it won't attack your friends hmm Uh, that's a good point you just have to soak a hit or dodge it so that could be a a fun way to deal with some of the bosses a good question i forgot about is retaliate considered an attack of opportunity no. The attack opportunity is specifically when you do an action, one of the actions that can provoke an attack opportunity. But like retaliate and alert uh, and other similar effects are just the enemy makes an attack. Right. So let's let's quickly answer uh, what, what kind of role can Daniela play. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that she is a fighter and kind of a tank sort of focused fighter yeah, in, in, a, sure. in a group setting like she's not going to be very good at all at getting clues although there are a couple of there's a couple of guardian cards like scene of the crime that can get some clues here and there but i think you're you're probably not going to want to play solo daniela and even two player might not be the best option but like in larger groups she might be pretty good as the like main enemy manager right yeah survivor gives her pretty pretty good access though 
to to some good cards like the crash into a car or crash, crash into a tree one oh look what i found yeah thank you <laughs> one intellect though right yeah i mean there are there are, there's more survivor support for getting clues like you can do survivor nonsense with like the old key ring or whatever and our flashlight or something if you really wanted to investigate with her but no i, I think her strength is definitely in enemy management just because of her her raw fight ability and natural inclination to want to soak kits from stuff so yeah yeah uh let's let's talk about some of her favorite cards we've already brought up a couple of them i have one question to kick this off but it hinges on some kind of rules uncertainty oh, is no. this is this finally aquina's time to shine as an ally like does does how does aquina work with daniela is that is that the hot new ally that we should be thinking about so what aquina says is uh, reaction when an enemy attacks you exhaust aquina and deal one horror to her deal that enemy's damage to any enemy at your location instead you still take the horror dealt by this attack so you're not canceling it but you're kind of canceling it so would daniela's ability still trigger if you used aquina to basically redirect the attack to another enemy well it doesn't matter if it's canceled right yeah no you, you you've still been attacked with the damage got redirected so that that would okay. trigger Okay. I yeah, I had to Google, I had, had to pull up ArkhamDB as you were talking here because I didn't remember who you were possibly talking about. Yep. But now I see, uh, I see the key here. Um, Seems yeah, great. Seems uh, really she's, cool. She's kind of expensive to play. At least the level one is. Yeah, I I still think this is kind of like a, a spicy option. Like I think the 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 best combo for her is going to be you know peter and jessica or 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 even yeah like those are probably going to be better but this is certainly it's the least bad option for playing aquina in a deck that i think we've seen so far yeah it's interesting application because you're going to try to want enemies to attack you which normally is the thing that you try to minimize but like daniela actually wants to get hit so you're still not going to have that many opportunities because a lot of times you're only going to have one enemy at your location but you could get some value out of it I mean, a lot of the time, if you if you don't have an event that forces an enemy to attack you outside of an AOO, then it's going to be like during enemy phase that they're hitting you anyway. So it's not like you're going to get loaded up on a ton of them. Yeah, well, well, and keep in mind she has her wrench. Like, I mean, the wrench is okay as a weapon, but I think the main benefit of it is just that you can you can activate mm-hmm. a lot of other things with just by using the the free trigger on it. Oh yeah, it gives her the power to to whack some stuff when she needs to. I mean, I was kind of wondering about Flesh Ward, which came in the Nathaniel Show pack, but it has her on it. It was like one of the first appearances we saw anyways of a card where she's on. It's true. And Flesh Ward is like exactly what would help her, right? It it negates the damage and or horror. Is that somehow, does it somehow make Flesh Ward good with her? Because Flesh Ward seems really bad by itself. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> um, she needs, I think she needs something to, to soak damage and horror or mm-hmm. heal, right? And she can't take... She can't take things like upgraded first aid, which is maybe what a guardian would normally take. She can take hallowed mirror, which is good. Yeah. But like a lot of the kind of normal like package that uh you know some guardians would take to heal up is not is not available. Right. 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 Yeah, I mean flesh ward might might work out well for her. She is on the art, so I guess we're obligated to at least try it with her, right? <laughs> she she could also even I mean she could just play leather coats and uh teddy bears, but I upgraded ones, right? Or I guess she uses her five. Yeah, it it might not be worth spending her level zeros on, but maybe as a stopgap until you get Peter and Jessica or something, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Any other cards that are especially good for Daniela? There's definitely a good pile of them in this in this expansion. Uh for sure, yeah. You know, just keep an eye out for stuff stuff that lets you like makes makes an enemy attack you 
um, or cancels an enemy attack. Uh, any of that type of stuff is probably good for her. What is it? Heroic oh, Rescue? Heroic Rescue is somehow going to be good for her? I feel like that's been bad at all. Is that the one that like instantly, moves you, the, like instantly moves you to someone else's space and takes the attack? Yeah, that could be good. Yep. And then deals it deals an automatic damage itself, too. So if it's a two-health enemy, it'll deal... I think that might be the upgraded one, but it'll you'll take the attack... Deal the Daniela damage and deal the attack from the, or the damage from the other thing. And that's actually really nice because it's like, it's not even on your turn. It's like somebody else is like, okay, Seeker, go move somewhere. And then they go yeah. to move. They'll trigger the attack. You play the card. They engage you. And it's kind of nice. Yeah. And it's not an attack of opportunity. It's the Daniela version of a safeguard, maybe. Good. Well, it's, also, it's a guardian card, too. So she- <laughs> She could just get level one or level zero safeguard and get like one move off or whatever. And uh, just just one last thing to throw in there that kind of one advantage she does have over other guardians. You know, we talked about how it is kind of a weakness that she can't access a lot of those cards, but she can play like upgraded test of will or mm-hmm. fortune or fate or alter fate. Like she gets those kind of like wardy type she get lucky three. Oh yeah, lucky level three. But she she gets a lot of sort of like warty sort of survivor cards that we usually say mm-hmm. are pretty good. And she even has the will to pass the will test on upgraded test of will. So yeah, that's, true. that's that's something that say like Mark doesn't have access to. That's true. Um, what movie did we pick to represent uh, Daniela's uh, situation? I mean, there was a lot of good choices. There was like Wild Hogs, and there was Ghost Rider. Uh, you shot those all. You shot those down for some reason. Ben's two but... favorite movies. <laughs> We ended up picking a better, maybe more appropriate movie for for, for Daniela, The Motorcycle Diaries, um, which is a movie starring Gail Garcia Bernal. And it is about a young Ernesto Guevara, or as some might know him, Che Guevara, before he was Che Guevara. Um, and it's a really interesting movie about kind of the, the, the beginning times before he was Che Guevara. And he made this interesting decision to like drop out of school as like biochemistry or something and then just like straight up go down uh, and take this really beautiful scenic route down to work at a, a leper colony i think yeah down in like southern south america he was in medical school i think because he was training as a doctor yeah but yeah it's it's quite a good movie it's about it's a road movie with two two friends on a very old motorcycle and uh yeah it's pretty good it's it's a little on the nose because daniela's main thing is that uh, she has a motorcycle that she really likes called uh also uh the name of the motorcycle is gabriel which is sort of similar to um oh, that's right Gale, i Gale wonder Garcia if that's actually name a little bit hmm. Pro- probably not probably but, uh, not but yeah. but it works we 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 intended for that the movie that i kind of thought about picking was mission impossible 2 because the climactic action scene at the end involves two men one of whom is tom cruise kind of jousting at each other with motorcycles on a beach and then at the end they kind of jump off the motorcycles simultaneously and shoot each other while they're like hanging in the air and the camera's spinning around and uh, that feels a little bit like guardian level one to five kind of action for, yeah for- that's I feel like that's a little bit more of a Mark movie. Maybe, yeah, mostly, exactly. But, uh, that, that sounds a little bit more like Advanced Guardian But stuff. While, while we definitely recommend The Motorcycle Diaries, we also recommend to look up on YouTube that ending scene with the motorcycles in Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Motorcycle Diaries is a, is a great movie. Poverty, it's got a lot of uh, human features in it, and, and it's really good. High recommend. Is there a mechanic in any of those that works in motorcycles, or is it just people riding motorcycles? Uh, I think in the motorcycle diaries, the motorcycle breaks down a lot and they have to kind of like patch it up and get it working. Okay. They called okay. it the mighty one. I forgot I'll the name of that in Spanish. It's like a really old motorcycle. All right. Why don't we go move on to Norman, who we've talked about before. So I'll just, we'll probably just lightning round him. 
Um, so as a reminder, Norman Withers is the astronomer. He's got a four-five-two-one stat line. His ability is he plays with the top card of his deck revealed, and once per round he can play the top card of his deck at a minus one cost. Um, if the weakness is on top, he's got to draw it. Uh, he's got six-eight for health and sanity. His deck building is uh, Seeker Level 0, Mystic 1 to 5, Neutral uh, 0 to 5, and 5 other Mystic cards of level 0, which was, of course, an errata, I think, on his original book uh, thing to make him work with multi-class cards or something. His actual cards... Um, oh no, why did I pick this one to read? Uh, there's a Hyperborean Grimoire, which has a crazy Latin name that is impossible to pronounce, and will someone Cthulhu if I say it. So Isn't that French? I'm not yeah, gonna, it's not, not actually Latin. I'm pretty That's sure French. it's French. French yep. is basically the same. That is also a dead language, so... <laughs> Quebecois separatists are currently hatching no. a plot to assassinate Ben, so watch out, buddy. <laughs> it's a two-cost asset. Uh, it's got two willpower and a wild icon. It's an item of a relic and a tobe. Uh, you can exhaust it to swap the tar- top card of your deck with a card in your hand. Or you can exhaust it to commit the top card of your deck to an eligible skill test performed by a masquerade at your location. It takes up a hand slot. Uh, and then his weakness is the Harbinger. Um, not the snake one. This is a spooky six-fingered hand from space. So a little scarier, I guess. Wait, you fingers? put it on top of your deck. While it's on top of your deck, you cannot... Uh, your deck can't be searched, drawn, or manipulated in any way except by the ability blow, which is a double action to discard it. Is this the first time we've seen the end times trait? I was about That's to say, spooky. no, it's not. It's the second time. I believe Jacqueline's one is also end times. Oh, okay. I was wondering if maybe, yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. Oh, no. And then there's also the one that seals the Elder Sign. Yeah, the basic weakness one. That's the basic one. one. Yeah, the... That's literally like the end. I mean, I, I think like half the half the investigators in this game, their thing is that they like had a dream about the end of the world. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think these cards are pretty cool. Like the the black book, which I think is, is what that means in English, is pretty cheap and seems pretty powerful because you can just if you have a card in your hand that you want to, you know, Norman out there, you can swap it. Seems really fun and probably quite good. And even the weakness is like, I think it's going to be annoying, but it's kind of like a fun, interesting weakness to play around, maybe. I mean, it's just a double action to get rid of weakness. Yeah, right? those are usually pretty like, okay. That's yeah, not that scary. I think the most annoying place it could be is on top of your deck, right? Because then nobody else can handle it for you, and it's like, then, then well, you have to like... No, it, ha- it has to go on top of your deck, but it also says this ability can be activated while it is on the top of the deck as if it were in your threat area, which implies to me... Oh, gotcha. Does that mean other people can interact with it, or because it's actually in your deck, it's not? Uh, this is an as-if. This is an as-if. Oh, God. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it is. It, it does completely shut off your draw. Like, you can't draw right. any cards or do anything yeah. with your deck, which is pretty bad. But, you know, like, that might not be the end of the world if you're, like, about to win and you just need to get a couple turns finished. I saw somebody um, make a weird combo with with the the Black Book. I'm not going to try saying that name. And uh, another another tome I can't. Remember. We can't call it. We can't call it the Black Book. There's an actual card called the Black Book. The the leave the leave day bon? Maybe it sounds. <laughs> Never sounds mind. Uh, We're going to call uh, it the, the Hyperborean Grimoire. Uh. <laughs> but this is this is an ability aside from that wacky combo that I can't remember the other book's name. But aside from that wacky combo, this this ability to swap the top card of your deck with the card in your hand is like everything that Norman's ever wanted. Like for right. for yeah. everything. I have always been sitting and looking at the cards in my hand and being like, gee, this four cost Milan would be a lot less painful to have in my hand if it were on top of my deck. Or yeah. this scroll of secrets would be like great. 
if it were on top of my deck. So. This works so much better with his ability than I think his no, uh, novel cards. Yeah. Because this turns on skill cards for him, which before you kind of like, eh, I don't really want skill cards. And it also lets you, when the card on top of your deck is not the right time to play it, it lets you like draw it and then play it later. So I think it's very powerful. Right. And I think we also, a lot of the cards this expansion, I think we also see more stuff that lets you manipulate the top cards of your deck. Which will be good for Norman and yep. probably also like Gloria and, and, and people that like to manipulate stuff. So, I think honestly, this feels to me like a situation with like Patrice's signature card, or maybe Zoe's, or maybe uh, Carolyn's, where the signature card is so good, or Min, where like it's so good and it's such an important part of what you want to do. It's almost a little bit sort of unreliable because like the games where you don't find it till the end are going to feel really bad. But um, the good news is he can play a research librarian because yes, it's a tome. Yes, I was about to say that's that's what you do. I was gonna say it's a it's a tome and a relic, and there's a bunch of cards that help you dig for tomes and relics. Yeah, even, even at level zero, and a lot of those are not very good. A lot of those are not great, but like I think research librarian is a totally reasonable mm. include for him just to for find sure. this early. So I yeah, this seems really fun. Like I think this is really going to make Norman yeah. a lot more fun to play. Yeah. Makes him a lot more flexible. Um, he could take research cards and then like put the research cards on top of his library and then use something like Scroll of Secrets to shuffle it away or like put another card on top of it. Like Scroll of Secrets for me has been like, ever since they eroded it anyway, the card mm-hmm. to take with him because it, it allows you to take the bottom card of your deck and put it on the top or, you know, man- manipulate your deck in a way that you otherwise couldn't get a general benefit like Norman can. So that's going to be really fun to to manage that as kind of like a little... Yeah. side thing yeah it opens up the possibility for a lot of different shenanigans that are probably pretty cool for sure uh so do we want to lightning around the questions quick i don't think the answers have really changed that much right let's let's just skip past it all right yeah not even the movie has changed right it's still k-pax <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right we... no, nothing better was found nope uh <laughs> Nor- norman uh k-pax withers that's that's who he is yeah all right. Okay, so let's move on to the next uh, real new investigator, who is Monterey Jack. The cheese. Yeah, the, the, the big cheese himself. Um, so he's got one willpower, four intellect, two combat, five agility. Uh, he's a wayfarer, and he has his ability is a reaction. At the start of your turn, if you started this round one location away from your current location... Uh, sorry, at the end of your turn, if you started this round one location away from your current location, either gain one resource or draw one card... If you started this round two or more locations away, do both instead. Uh, Elder Sign Effect plus one. If you started this round one or more locations away from your current location, gain one resource or draw one card. Don't really care. Uh, he has eight health and six sanity. He has 30 card deck size. Deck building options. Rogue cards level zero. Seeker cards level one to five. Neutral cards zero to five. Up to five other seeker cards level zero. So it's the same Norman uh, Norman style. Yeah. And then uh, his signature cards, he's got the Trusty Bullwhip, which is a two-cost asset with two agility icons and a wild icon. It is item, weapon, and melee. Fast, uh, Monterey Jack deck only. Action, fight. This attack uses agility instead of combat. If this attack succeeds, you may exhaust Trusty Bullwhip to either automatically evade the attacked enemy or deal plus one damage for this attack. And it takes up a hand slot. And his signature weakness is a treachery called Buried Secrets, which is a mystery. And the revelation is, put buried secrets into play in your threat area. If your location can be investigated, you cannot move except by scenario card effects. Action, investigate. If you succeed, instead of discovering clues, discard buried secrets. If you fail, you may take two horror to shuffle it into your deck. So his 
So the bullwhip is a weapon that lets him use his agility and has some nice kind of advantages to it. And the weakness basically just stops him from moving, which is something that he really badly wants to do. But it's only one action to get rid of it most of the time. It's sometimes it's zero actions to get rid of it. Oh no, sorry. I guess it. I guess it is no, one because you have to, to actually. He has to actually trigger it, unfortunately. Yeah, you have to. You have to actually trigger it. But uh, yeah, no. So that's. Uh, so that's that's what's up with Monterey Jack. This whole bullwhip thing and like the archaeology thing is very reminding me of something. Yeah, it seems familiar, but I just can't quite put my finger on what what this is referencing. Oh, you guys went and saw Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah, <laughs> with yeah. China Disney's, the Rock. Disney's that the Jungle Cruise, starring that Emily Blunt and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Nailed it. Yeah. That's what you're thinking of, I'm sure. That movie probably doesn't even have archaeologists in it. It's probably just people that are wearing, like, tan clothing in a jungle. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. I assumed you uh, paid for the $30 access to watch it on Disney Plus or whatever, Dan. Is this not true? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to be coy. <laughs> the other thing that's weird to me about this this whole situation thing is, like, bull whips and, like, whips and things are generally known to be kind of, like, a medium-range melee weapon, right? Like, like where it's, like, you kind of keep your distance and it's, like, a little bit farther away from the normal. Like, and this is melee, and yet still Nathaniel Cho's boxing gloves are not melee. That went in such a completely different direction from what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, oh, bull whips brings to mind slavery, not really great in 2021. Nope. Uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe maybe not the best reference to be making FFG, but no. Instead, it was you were just complaining about the boxing true. gloves. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that the other day, and it has left me distraught, lying awake at night, taking cold showers, and staring at the wall. So, well, that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. So, <laughs> sounds pretty healthy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what is a uh, what is Monterey Jack's? What, what are his strengths? Five feet. I mean, and by that I mean five agility. Uh. That's not that okay. That's like that's like a minor strength. The real strength here is that he gets up to level five seeker cards. That's the real right. Yeah. Any any time there that's are any the there's seeker written anywhere on somebody's card, it's like okay. There's like a bar. That's the real. He aged, doesn't get to start with them, you know. but he he can get a lot of the level level zero rogue nonsense and right. then build Lucky on top of that with seeker. Yeah, seems pretty good. He can uh, use those five level zero seeker cards to get some upgradable things like Strange Solution or or Archaic Glyphs, anything like that. So he has access to a lot of extremely powerful oh, that's cards. True. Yeah, yeah. He's got shortcuts. And, he's got Pathfinders. He's and got, we've like, seen before that, like you know, agility. We kind of joke that it's like the worst stat, and it kind of is. But we've seen this combo of like people that have high intellect and agility, like Finn and Trish, are pretty good. Like that's yes. a that's a pretty good combo because having a way to evade stuff when you need to is is good. Yeah, like he he you know he could be excellent in Forgotten Age. Um, there's enough things like we're going to talk about cards for him later, but things like lockpicks. Um, although I guess he can't actually take the good version of lockpicks, but you you know what I mean. Like there's enough things that kind of give you like an incidental benefit for having good agility that he'll he'll be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, I guess there's not very many seeker cards that he can benefit from that use the agility for the secretness, but uh I don't know. Otherwise, his stat line seems very good. It'd yeah, be, it'd be slightly better if he had 5 it and uh, 4 agility. But I think uh I mean, we've talked about the stat line and the card pool and those are definitely good, but uh I think his ability might just be really good too, right? His ability oh, is yeah. ridiculous, I think. Cuz right? he's he has access to enough cards to let him move quickly or or without spending actions that I think a lot of times, even if you don't really need to move, you're going to be able to trigger his ability just for free, basically, right? Like, Because he, he has access to like 
uh, shortcut Pathfinder, that green skill card that lets you move a whole bunch. Nimble, yeah. I was gonna mm. say Nimble's really, really good. Yeah, like he's. I think fairly often you're gonna be able to like get a free move with this guy, and then you get either a resource or a card. And if you manage to move twice, then you're just you're gonna get two. Like that's you're gonna get both. That's pretty great. Like there's just a yeah. lot of cards and money that he's gonna collect. Yeah, it definitely seems very good. He's gonna be able to roll really fast. I mean, like Finn's really strong because he gets like pickpocketing level two and evades every turn and gets a card and a money. Right. Uh, this is similar. It, it, it encourages you to move around more, maybe even more than Ursula, and, and run around the map back and forth, um, which is is interesting. This really, to me, seems like a better and more fun version of Ursula, honestly. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that's painful for Dane to hear, and maybe he disagrees. But... I disagree. I mean, <laughs> Ursula might still be better at getting, a little bit better at getting clues than him, just because yeah, she has the so. base level Seeker stuff and gets a bonus Investigate. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But but he might be more fun to play. But she also his... doesn't get lucky cigarette case. Yeah. Yeah, and if you if you if you have guiding stones, you don't really need an extra action to do one investigate. You just investigate and get all the clues, right? Yeah. He's gonna be really, really good. <laughs> he's yeah, he's gonna be pretty great. He's gonna be really, really um, good. <laughs> and he's probably good. He's probably good at multiplayer and in solo. I would think, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, his bullwhip gives him a little bit of. Uh, I, of course, it's not very reliable, but like if you get it. It's kind of like all you need for for fending off like little cultists who spawn with you on them, right? Because you don't even yeah. need to exhaust it really. Sometimes if you've just got rats on you, you just give them a little whip and then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. If you get a pile of enemies on you, you whip one, and then you super whip the other one, and you're fine. Yeah, I mean the only the only downside to the whip is it does take up a hand slot, and I think he a lot of times he might want to have like upgraded magnifying glasses or tomes or something in there for sure. Because he does, I think he is going to need to boost his intellect because he only has a four base. Oh my god! But uh, but in in like a solo deck or even a duo, then yeah, you want to have this, and that lets you do a little bit of evading or fighting, like just enough. You know, there's a lot of really good cards in both Seeker and Rogue that happen to have even numbers, and his signature also has an even number, and a card that we very recently spoiled. Jeremiah Kirby. That is true. Could be really fun at him. <laughs> Boost your intellect, which he does need. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe this is the natural home for the uh, play Jeremiah and then bounce him a million times uh, deck. That could be pretty fun. Yeah. So what about weaknesses? Uh, one will. I mean, he's got he's got one will. I guess that's <laughs> a weakness. But I think we've come to accept that just all rogues have yeah. bad willpower and they just fail every will test and we move, we move on. You know. He can because he can play. Uh, he can play. You handle this you one. Handle this one, which is yeah, usually exactly. the the magical solution to all rogue problems, <laughs> especially if you draw a hundred thousand cards in a game, which he's going to do because he's like if if you're playing like rogue mandy God. you just you, you put you put like two you handle this one's in your deck and you always have the two in hand you use one and then you draw it again like the next turn you just you never actually do a treachery you just always throw them at other people this is insane yeah it's it's really hard to come up with weaknesses here he has a, a very good stat line i think a very good ability God. and he has access to the best card pool there's just there's just not a lot of downsides i think his weakness will get when you're drawing this many cards any weakness that kind of slows you down is annoying to kind of have to deal with it every few turns. Yeah, and <laughs> and I I also think that sometimes you're going to like move. You're going to like move too much trying to trigger his ability and get yourself into trouble. Maybe, hmm. but that's you know you can play around that. You'll kind of as you play with him, you'll kind of get a sense of when it's safe and when it's not safe. 
if you play with a guardian that has a safeguard level two, then you can run all the way around the map and not care because the guardian will just follow you. So. That's, yes, <laughs> there, yes. Yeah, there, there you go. Yes, and I think that maybe maybe like a, a discernible weakness here would be Monterey Jack before he gets the guiding stones because there are times where he's going to flip a location and there's like eight clues on there and he's going to have to spend some time dealing with those clues, right? before guiding stones or if he doesn't have deductions or whatever it'll take him some time and he'll lose some value from his from his ability that being said his ability is still ridiculous there's, there's a decent number of level zero rogue cards that help you get clues efficiently like oh, yeah, Tilfer yeah. and intel report picks intel reports so for sure i think he could survive on that for the first scenario before he picks up heavy hitters i'm grasping his trials ben <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with Dane. I think that not having access to the full set of level zero secret cards is a little bit of a weakness just because, uh, you, you know, if you play like a normal secret deck, you kind of right at zero XP, you're already extremely capable of picking up a lot of clues. And he's going to be yeah. like a little bit behind on that a little bit. And there is also the fact that he has four, uh, four intellect instead of five. I mean, that's still pretty good for a rogue. But honestly, if you could trade and have give him five intellect and four agility, he would be straight up even better. Um, yeah. But these are it's like it's like Dane said, we're really grasping at straws. I think he's just very very good. Yeah, a turn where you like get a bunch of clues, move twice, get a card and a resource. That card is cryptic writings. You get two more resources or three more. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. So in terms of a role that he can play, I mean, I think he's he's basically in the same category as like Finn and Trish, where I think he's somewhere between like a pure clue collector and a kind of hybrid who collects clues and then also evade tanks things. So yeah. if you're playing yeah. like if you're playing like two player Forgotten Age, you're probably splitting your time a lot between like evading stuff and getting clues. If you're playing like four player Innsmouth you're probably just moving around the map, the huge map, very quickly and collecting a million clues, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, thinking about it more, if he wants to move around a lot, he might not have time to pick up all of the clues on a location. So would you consider taking something like in the know or taking something like, uh, what's the, the big one, Decipher Reality or something? Do you get Do you get that cheesy or no? I don't think I would. I think that's just too much setup. Like there's just, those cards are just too slow. I think I would just play... I mean, again, you've got knowledge as power. Uh, that that could be something that he spends a couple of. That could be something he spends two of his five level zero secret cards on. You've also got uh, a new card that has been spoiled recently that I'm not going to mention because it is not officially spoiled. But uh, there's a card that kind of made me like have a minor seizure when I saw it. I was so excited, which might allow him to investigate without spending actions and also move without spending actions. Oh my! So I. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about Monterey Jack's ability to pick up this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, some of some of his favorite cards. I mean, we've we've already talked about a lot of them. So it's awesome. basically yeah. it's like the yeah. standard seeker package. It's anything like Pathfinder that, or, that lets you move more quickly. Those I mean th- those are the really big ones. I think also like level zero cigarette case definitely just take it. And and I like the idea of playing Jeremiah as well because I do think he is going to need intellect boosts a little bit more than like your kind of your your daisies and your your mandies because he only has four. Oh man, I forgot Jeremiah gave an intellect boost too. Hell yeah! Sure does. Does. If you take For Jeremiah, you have to give up. Sure you have to give up getting Milan's intellect boost. But no, <laughs> it is a little bit of a bummer that he can't take a uh, Lola Santiago, right? Because that would be that is true. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be incredibly good for him. But uh, he's, he's got access to other stuff. He's got the entire secret one to five. Oh, and yeah. uh, hey, you know what's a really good guard for him? Studious. Boom. 
There you go. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh. Because uh, it's like, oh, he can't take another day, another dollar. Yeah, but he can take something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's see. And then uh, any any other favorite cards for Monterey Jack? Uh, I'm sure there'll be some new ones in the in this pack that you, like you mentioned that'll be cool. For Are there any cheese themed cards in the game yet? Or there, is there like a cheese plate <laughs> or a cheese spreader that we could that he could take? It might be a card with like art of cheese on it, but I don't know. I feel like there should it's be like a, a there should card. be like a custom altar card that's like Lucky Cigarette Case, but it's like Lucky Cheese Knife or something. That would be that'd mm. be fun. Yeah, let us know. Reach out yeah. to us on Discord. So for the movie for this guy, it's really hard. We we try not to pick something that's like completely on the nose for these investigators yeah. most of the time. Although this one was a really tough we've, one. Honestly. We've broken that rule a lot of times. He's I mean he's straight up an Indiana Jones pastiche, and there's no there's no getting around it. So we picked a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's maybe my favorite movie ever, and it's very influential on this game, and uh, it's always good to have a reason to watch it again, right? Yeah, and he's like basically just indiana jones but maybe a little uglier i mean he's well he, he's also like uh he's like 10 years earlier so the style's not quite there like oh, sure, he definitely sure. his hat is not as cool i would say this is kind of a cool hat but it's not as cool as like <laughs> the true. hat well it is a it is a fedora oh, it is a fedora though uh oh man mj he, did mention does he, have, does he have a trench coat on no no well is that i, I thought okay, it could is, be the fourth missing member of the is trench that coat a fedora game. and is the indiana jones hat also a fedora because indiana jones no, has, indiana has jones a much is more of a it has a wider brim yeah right it's a, it's a more round hat. I, mean, I don't know the what one that's on his investigator card i'm pretty sure is a fedora but not the one that's on his weakness like he's got like a safari hat on his weakness card is that him i think it's a thing where like people call the indiana jones hat a fedora but it's actually Maybe it's like a, a later variation of a fedora, but like his definitely has a wider brim than this. Yeah, hmm. hat connoisseurs, let us know. Also, the 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 mustache isn't that cool looking. I feel like like it. It's, it's I, I don't, don't I don't really like his mustache. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's it's like two out of ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> is he okay? I'm looking at this more closely now. Is he carrying a loaf of bread, or is that like a wrapped package that's like a <laughs> no? I think it's like a relic. I think it's like a map or like a you know parchment. You know, you know, like that like Nick Cage carries around the. But it would, it would make sense for him to be carrying a loaf yeah. of bread because he might want to eat it with some cheese, right? The bread makes you fat. <laughs> that is true i think i've heard that somewhere. he can't be getting fat if he's going to be running around like he is yeah he looks a little paunchy in the picture but i think in, yeah in, in, in terms of his gameplay mechanics he, this is like a guy who can run a marathon probably yeah this so. is this is like he's he's gonna run faster than Reed, you right? made a good case that it is in fact bread uh dan so but <laughs> why don't we uh why don't we... <laughs> yeah so that's that's our movie for him raiders of the lost ark what, what do you want from us it's it's on the nose but that's just how it is uh let's let's yeah. move on to the next investigator all right, so let's take a look at Lily, who's probably the most complex deck uh, deck building rules wise in, in this one. So Lily Chen is the martial artist. She's our base level mystic. Uh, she's got a stat line of three, two, four, three. She's chosen in a warden. She begins the game with each of the disciplines in her deck in play, unbroken side face up. Elder Sign lets her flip a broken discipline back to its unbroken side. And she's a 7-7 health and sanity. So her deck building, much like the others, is starts at level 0 with level 0 Mystic, can get Guardian level 1 to 5, Neutral 0 to 5, and up to 5 other Guardian cards level 0. But additionally, she cannot take firearm assets. She's a deck building restriction, no firearms. And then her additional requirements is, at deck creation, she chooses a discipline to add to her deck um it's part of considered part of her deck building requirements and then for every 15 experience you've earned in total 
you may choose to add a different discipline asset to your deck. And I believe each time you add it, for each discipline you have, you also have to put one copy of her weakness in her deck, the Burden of Destiny. So the disciplines are her whole, her, a big facet of her. So she's got these four discipline cards. The first one gives her plus one willpower um, and gives her an ability that lets her take a little bit of damage or take a little bit of horror to heal a lot of the opposite. But these are all permanents, right? No, they're not all permanents. Um, they all start in play, though. Oh, no, they all, they all they're, permanents. They're all permanents. Bad. Yeah, you're right. My bad. All of them give plus one to a stat, and they all have an action that does some benefit, and then it gets flipped over. And then when it's flipped over, they all have a requirement that in order to flip them back to the good side, um, you have to not do something during your during the round. So, like, this uh, alignment of spirit, the willpower one, when it flips over, says uh, if you took no do- damage or horror this round, you can flip it back over. And then the intellect one is plus one intellect. If you have fewer than five cards in your hand, draw until you have five, flip it over, and you get to get you get it back if your hand did not have two or more cards at any point during this round. The combat one, uh, plus one combat action, you get plus five skill power skill value for the next skill test you perform this turn. Uh, and then you flip it over. Uh, it also doesn't provoke an AOO. Uh, the action to to give yourself the plus five. And then the, to get it back to the good side, you uh, if you perform no skill tests this round, you can flip it back to the unbroken side. That one's pretty tough. Yeah. I think the toughest one is the intellect one. That's the one that's really going to be annoying to flip. I think so yeah. too, yeah. Unless you have like amnesia in your deck or something, maybe. I think they're all kind of annoying. The, agil- the last one, the agility one, gives you plus one agility. And then one at a time, you can take three different fight or evade actions. And then to get it back, if there's no enemies at the same location as you at any point during this round, to flip it back. So yeah, the agility one and the um, willpower one are probably the easier ones to get back, right? That is ridiculous. I even think the the combat one isn't that bad. You just take a turn to set up and heal or something, or move. Yeah, but yeah, you might get screwed if you get like a right. treachery or something. But... Well, but no, because it's, uh, it's after the round ends. Oh no, you're right. it's like if you yeah. mythos phase at the beginning. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, But like the only penalty to having it flipped over is that you just, A, you don't get the stat boost, and B, you don't get the access to the cool ability. But ultimately, you can still kill things. You can still take take skill tests. It's just you're not going to get this flip back over. She's going to be interesting to play because you are just you decide like when you want to give up the skill boost to, to use the powerful effect, which is pretty cool. It feels very much like a Bruce Lee sort of approach to things, right? It's like very fluid. And I feel like this is going to lead to a lot of decisions where it's all going to come down to timing and like making sure that, okay, when I kill this enemy, my next turn is just going to be for playing these assets in my hand. You're going to have to maybe do a little bit more forethought in terms of like, okay, maybe this turn I'll draw up so that next turn, if an enemy spawns, I can take the turn after that to play the cards that I just drew, you know, like a turn before. So it might be a little bit more like chessy, I guess. You you might want to like yeah. foresee your turns. Obviously, I think you want to do that kind of as a general thing, but maybe a little bit more so for Lily. And then I should mention her weakness, uh, which is the Burden of Destiny. All it does is when you draw it, you have to flip one of your disciplines to, the, to its broken side, and it can't get flipped back over this round. Uh, or you can take a damage on a horror. Seems like non-existent. It's not that bad, but you might have a couple of them in your deck, so it might blow your deck a little bit. And and I also just want to mention, you know, so you start with one discipline, and then, you know, in the course of a normal campaign, especially if you have people uh, blasting mm. delves and, like, you're trying to get all the XP, most campaigns you're going to be able to get all four of them by the end, I would say, or at least three. Mm. Um, Dunwich, maybe not. But, Isn't that 45 um, experience? 
Yeah. yeah. But that's pretty... Yeah, it's not... You, we usually hit that. Yeah, that's fair. We get that in multiplayer. Maybe in solo, because I think you get less experience in solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah time. Like You might not get them all. It's harder in solo. Tough. It's harder if you have no delves or anything. It's harder if you maybe have trouble clearing off all the locations or killing <laughs> the victory enemies, but... <laughs> There may or may not be a card coming out to help with that. Well, there, there you go. But but I guess what I'm saying is uh, keep in mind that you don't have to add all of them, right? And there's going right. to be diminishing returns. It's sort of like the, the Dark Horse rule again is the first one that you get, which I would guess is in most cases going to be the combat one or maybe the willpower one, um, mm. is very good, right? Because you, you're, you're upgrading whatever stat you care about the most. And then the second one you get is probably also pretty good because you probably care about a second stat kind of. But then maybe you don't really care that much about your other two stats. And maybe you think, well, I could get these disciplines and I could have this like action ability that lets you do something powerful. But the cost is that I have to dilute my deck by putting in a copy of this weakness. So you can do it. You can certainly do it, but it's like a trade-off and you might decide, no, I'm okay with just two disciplines, even though I could add more. Dana's making a face like I'm absolutely putting in all four disciplines. <laughs> there's like, there's like no reason that that weakness is so non-existent i feel like these these cards are so 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 good but it dilutes your deck and it's this is a person that's not going to have a huge amount of draw power probably yeah yeah that's true i guess mystic and guardian are like kind of rough rough around the edges for the draw right well so let's so let's jump right in so so for strengths i mean potentially if you do get all four disciplines once you get 45 xp you're kind of basically playing like a four three five four stat line which is very high. I mean, it's sort of like Calvin. It's like there's, you know, diminishing returns and and all this, but um, that's that's kind of a strength, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like most of the time, I feel like you're going to be doing the fighting, and we're going to get into her uh, role in a, in a minute. But like, really, you don't really need to care about the intellect. I feel like the the bon- the bonus is the the abilities on on these cards maybe more than the actual attribute that it gives you. But like, if you're going to be doing most of like the the combat based things. Like the the combat one and the agility one are very 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 good for you, and like once you hit those two, you might just be kind of set because you've got pretty much everything that you might need. Uh, I don't I I don't think the combat one is particularly good, is it? It gives you raw combat. You're out of five. You're basically where Mark is. But but you could just commit something. It, it like it's like you're taking an action just to boost your next skill. That doesn't seem great to me. The 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 other ones kind of seem stronger because they're like they're letting you do something that is like more efficient than what you can normally do with a single action. Sure. I guess, I guess the plus five skill value would probably be better if you could play shotgun or your rogue <laughs> or something. Yeah. But like you can't really do well, that. Yeah. Well, she, she can play shotgun. She right? can play I mean, shotgun. No, no firearms. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That is, well, okay. So let's, let's kind of mix the strengths and, and flaws. Cause I feel like she's very weird and complicated. On the one hand, it is potentially a strength for her, kind of the opposite of what we said about um, about Daniela. If she is like a combat, an enemy manager person, which she probably is, having access to guardian cards is very good. That's kind of a strength. But it is kind of a bummer that she can't... Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not that much of a bummer. There's plenty of good non-firearm weapons these days, right? Yeah. There's going to be a bunch that comes out with her too. We've we've seen yeah, a few there's some spoilers. There's some swords and bows and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. so she might be able to use Enchanted some of that stuff. And... Oh wait, and the thing that was previewed with her, the dragon pole or whatever. Yep, dragon pole, butterfly swords, a whole bunch of stuff. That's that's going to yeah, be great. So for her, so. I think she'll have lots of options for weapons that aren't. She can get the blessed halberd. Good. Which kind of neat. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, she also could like lean into events because Nathaniel Cho obviously added a bunch of guardian events that can let you deal out some damage. Oh, that's true. She could take boxing gloves. And there's also some solid mystic events these days too that are good for 
uh, blasting or, or getting clues yeah. if she needs the clues or evading or whatever. So For sure. Oh, that, that might be an argument to take the, the willpower one too. Yeah. And, and just willpower is always kind of good because of treacheries and stuff, right? It, it sure mm-hmm. is. Yeah. 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 But I, but I do think uh, on, on the kind of flaws side of things, I mean, I think that she just like the two things that I really want. So any investigator who has an ability that is kind of like an, an economy ability that gets you cards or money or actions is always good. Right. Like that's just literally sure. always great. Like Monterey, we were just so about. yeah. Or, or, or even like, like Mark or even kind of, um, even kind of like, uh, Nathaniel or, well, or as a, as a fighter, if you have an ability that lets you do extra damage, like Zoe kind of with the cross or like Nathaniel or Agnes. like Daniela that we just talked to or Agnes, yeah, like Agnes. that is also really powerful, right? Her ability increases your stats and kind of gives you these little actions you can do that sort of let you trade in that stat boost for something. I I don't really know how much that actually does. Like, I'm not sure how often you would rather have Lily's whole deal than like Daniela's ability, which like directly helps you do what you're trying to do. I think that it's going to be a different way of playing. And I think that when we start playing with her, it's going to be pretty ridiculously good. I think, I think that these like, especially I'm looking mostly at the balance of body, which is the one that provides her the agility one. Taking six actions in a turn to fight something, obviously that's probably more than you need generally, but like six actions is is like insane well, five, for fighting. Right, because it costs you it costs you one to activate this. But I agree that one is oh, sure, that sure, one is sure, very yeah. strong. Yeah. Yeah, but like those those kinds of actions, even like the plus five skill value, like if you're fighting like a ghoul priest or if you're fighting like a big chunky enemy that that you really need to be over and you don't have cards in hand because guardians and mystics don't have a lot of draw, you can definitely use that. And that's fine. You know, she can also it, take care of herself by healing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can heal herself up. And can she heal other people or is it just herself? With with the alignment of spirit. Takes one damage to heal three horror. I guess it doesn't say to heal off someone else, so it's just right. yourself. Or assets, yeah. The trick with the balance of body, that, that it does say take three different fight or evade actions, which means I think you couldn't like trigger the same weapon three times or something if you wanted, which probably makes that a little bit less strong, but you know, maybe she's just holding two different weapons, and then it's fine. What about fighting different targets? Would that work? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. It feels like It feels like maybe that's more of the feels like that's maybe more of the intent of it, I would guess, is that it's sort of like you can't just wail on something the whole time. But... <laughs> I guess I, I would take that as like you need to have I assumed it was like triggers like bold fight you know, action. Arrow bold action yeah. Yeah. type of effects. Yeah, you need to like play like spectral razor into fight with machete right. or not machete, but you know, whatever else. And then into yeah. punch, like regular punch with a vicious blow or something. Monster Slayer. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit more skeptical than than Dane about exactly how good this is going to be, but I do I, I'm very interested to see how she interacts with some of the new player cards, and I'm, I'm interested to see how this works because it is, I mean, this is kind of like the like Calvin or Preston or Patrice kind of like puzzle investigator I think of this set where yep. it's very it's kind of unpredictable and it's kind of hard to evaluate because there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, I don't know. I think she'll at least be fun to play, even if she's maybe not top tier combat person but i think she'll be interesting so i'm excited to try her out so in terms of uh what role she's going to play i mean we've talked a lot about her as a kind of like pure fighter or like pure enemy manager is there do do we do we see much of a path for her in getting clues at all being like more of a hybrid it's a lot harder because she doesn't have the high willpower to like really benefit from mystic cards intellect's only a two even if she gets her 
even with her stat boost. Yeah, like she can't take upgraded. She she can't get like upgraded right of seeking or something, right? She could right. get like level zero um, six sense. Levels. Yeah, she, she can get like level zero six sense or something. But but yeah, her willpower isn't really good enough to really benefit from it. Like if she gets that discipline, maybe. But it seems less good than just taking advantage of the thing that she already has a, a higher yeah. stat in. Yeah, I I think she'll need support um, from some guardian cards. Uh, I don't recall any a large number of them in this pack being helpful for getting clues. So she might struggle in the clue department. Yeah, but any management wise and taking the taking treacheries and stuff from the encounter deck, I think she'll be strong in. Yeah, yeah. and I think that if you wanted to play like solo with her on like standard, it would be fine because there's there's be enough totally fine. there's yeah. enough cards like drawn to the flame and uh, read the read the signs and stuff like that that she can take and like scene of the crime like you can get by with those if you're playing solo I think but yeah, even duo honestly but but I think her real strength is is yeah is going to be as a as a fighter favorite cards for her so we've the ones we've talked about so far are basically like any non firearm weapon kind of. What are other cards that like particularly synergize with her that she has access to? It's not a good sign that we're thinking about this this much. <laughs> I, it's just I, good I, guardian I, cards. I don't know. Well, like like what's her like like what ally does she get, does she want to call dibs on? Just B cop. She can get like Gret uh, if she wants to help. Yeah, clues, Greta. But otherwise, it's yeah, probably B cop. B cop generally pretty solid allies. Guard Dog 2, I guess it's still a beta card, but uh, whenever it comes out. Brother brother X, if she's doing a willpower build, maybe. She's good, yeah. yeah. She's good. I'm thinking more like events that come in at the end of the show, like 1-2 Punch. She might run Boxing Gloves, maybe, if she doesn't want to use an actual weapon. That'd be pretty neat, yeah. She could do that. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to get a lot of value out of the discipline where you activate it and you get three different fight actions, then you'd want a lot of fight mm. events, because then you'd have different fight things you could yeah. do. But there are also a bunch of new weapons, uh, butterfly swords, there's been a couple that have been uh, spoiled or previewed as well, that she could also have fun playing with, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there are there are just some good kind of, like, utility staple level zero mystic cards that she can take, like uh, Deny Existence and stuff like that. So there's yeah. there's there's definitely options there. Oh, and, and Delve Too Deep, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she i mean she also can get like spectral razor and read the signs and stuff yeah um, yeah which don't fire as big on her early game because those are like fives or sixes but once she gets her disciplines going they'll be reliable ways it's really too bad though i hadn't really thought about it before but like most of these investigators you look at them and you kind of like start getting ideas for what kind of deck you want to make and with her it's kind of like i just don't really feel like she's pushing you to there's no, i feel like she's not really making you think about like oh that card would be fun in this deck right yeah it's mostly kind of like just reg guardian type stuff that seems pretty solid like it's like i think you i think you play her because you want to try out the disciplines and see how that works maybe it's more of like yeah yeah i think so too her deck building isn't as clear cut to me as some of these other guys yeah given all the action abilities i was like haste but she's not rose (laughs) okay so in the the movie we picked for lily chen is uh one of my favorite movies called a touch of zen which is a martial arts movie from the early 70s um which is really really good and it has one of the main characters is like a a martial artist woman who's awesome at fighting people so that's kind of why we picked it um it is like almost three hours long but it's an extremely good movie and it's kind of if you've seen like crouching tiger hidden dragon um that movie is kind of like 
borrowing stuff and inspired by these earlier King Who movies like Dragon Inn and uh, Touch of Zen. So uh, if, if you like movies like that and, and you haven't seen this one, then I would highly recommend that you check out uh, A Touch of Zen. Seems good. Uh, okay, who is our who's our next? Uh, oh, we have one more investigator, and it's a longtime, longtime show favorite. Hey. Really, really a, a guy that we all know and love. It's Bob Jenkins. He's finally here. Uh, I feel like if there's ever an investigator who should have like a sitcom theme song, like if there should be like <laughs> a like a, a 45 second intro, like the Bob Jenkins show music, uh, like like in the style of Cheers or something. I feel like it should be Bob Jenkins because he is in the Speaking art of Cheers. I yeah, know he's, he's raising up. He's raising up a glass. Hey. This is a guy who knows how to have a good time. I, I assume he's just made a sale or made a deal, and that's like you know like celebrate <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so he, the bob jenkins uh, he's a survivor his stat line is two willpower four intellect three combat three agility he is an entrepreneur and uh so his ability is at any time an investigator at your location may reveal to you the item assets in their hand you may take an additional action during your turn which can only be used to play an item asset from the hand of an investigator at your location under their control both investigators may spend resources to pay its cost. His elder sign is plus one for each item asset you control. He has six health and eight sanity. And uh, 30 card deck size, survivor cards level zero, rogue one to five, neutral zero to five, uh, up to five other level zero rogue cards. So another, he's the Norman of like starting out as a survivor and then kind of moving into rogue. Um, and then his signature card is shrewd dealings which is a two-cost asset with two intellect symbols and a wild symbol, um, and it is a talent. And it says, reduce the cost of each item asset you play by one. When you play an item asset, play it under the control of any investigator at your location. That's a reaction ability. And then his weakness is called greed. It's a treachery, and it's a flaw. Um, and the revelation is, take one horror. If you have 10 or fewer resources, take an additional horror. If you have 5 or fewer resources, take an additional horror. And if you have 0 resources, uh, you lose the game. No, sorry, uh, you take one additional <laughs> horror. So, so it's going to do between 1 and 4 horror, depending on your socioeconomic status at the time. <laughs> yeah, I really I really love the, the flavor text on his, uh, his true dealings there. You say into the world, I hear business opportunity ka-ching baby uh love it i love everything about we're we're so excited for bob jenkins i also love the art and greed it's uh it's kind of uh abraham lincoln the card a little bit it's a bug in the box it's got it's got got honest abe on the five dollar bill in there uh side note do you ever like see because they redid the uh american you know uh banknotes the, the the american like dollar you know bills sometime in like the mid 90s or late 90s i think and you still they made the portraits bigger they kind of redid them you see this sure, is like yeah. an old this is like an older one it's kind of fun to see those i like them classic yeah because they they'd been unchanged for like a really long time before that well so what 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 aside from just generally being a great guy that we would all love to have a beer with uh what is what is bob jenkins what are his strengths i mean he seems like he's going to be like a support style investigator right which we always we always find it <laughs> we struggle a bit to find a place for them. We do generally urge people to be cautious about committing to fully playing that type of deck, um, but I I do think that that's kind of what he's set up for. Maybe right. His ability alone, I think, makes makes it that okay. I think the theory with him is because he has access to rogue cards, he can like be the main source of resources for basically the whole group. 
Right. Right? Yeah, like like super teamwork kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly for, I guess it's I guess it's only playing for playing item assets. So I guess, yeah, I guess that's, that's not 100% That's true. the thing. Like he can't help people pay to activate things. He can't help pay to, for people to to pay for expensive events. I mean, if you have a if you mm. have like I feel like he's like Dexter's best friend. Like if you have other people <laughs> oh, yeah. that really want to play items or Norman. Yeah, maybe. Then then he could be very strong. And and, and I I should also mention We've seen investigators before where their ability is that they get an extra action that has to be spent a certain way, like Daisy mm-hmm. and Finn, and it that often is very good. Um, but it's sort of the more the more restrictive that is, like I guess it's like how often are you gonna play items? Because I feel like a lot of decks you play a few at the beginning of the game to get set up, and then for the most of the rest of the game, maybe you're not playing very many items. I think I think maybe a team with a Bob Jenkins might consider alternatives to deck building. Like I can't really think of any off the top of my head right now, but like if there is a decision to be made between putting something in your deck versus an item that has a relatively similar effect, this might be the deal breaker to put the latter in, right? Because now you have Bob at your at your uh, disposal where he's just going to do general survivor stuff, right? Like he's got four intellect, which is definitely notable as a strength because yeah, that, that is the only only survivor that's ever been printed with four. And that's hmm. pretty good when you're looking at... Well, except things. Maximum Calvin, obviously. I would say overall, this is a pretty bad stat line kind of sailing over yeah. into weaknesses or flaws. Like this is this is not really what you want to see. But, but, the, but the four intellect is good. Yeah, I think he'll, besides paying for assets uh, or other people's items, then I think he'll be focused on trying to investigate and get clues. Mm-hmm. Which is totally fine, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and and he can he has access to some decent level zero survivor cards that get clues, and then he also mm-hmm. can get some upgraded rogue cards for getting clues. Yeah, some of the more expensive ones, though he can't get some of the good rogue cards for getting clues are expensive, but they're level zero, like uh, intel report and stuff. But there are there's upgraded versions of like pilfer and stuff that he could pick up if he wants to pay for stuff. Before talking about specific cards, though, I mean. I, I think strengths are like the four intellect does and, and his card pool does kind of barely put him in the ranks of like can be a pretty good dedicated clue getter. Like he can just generally investigate every turn and get clues most of the time. And his ability, it's kind of like, let's wait and see. I My kind of gut feeling is that maybe there aren't quite enough items in the game that you can just have everyone in your group play a ton of items and it'll just be awesome. But we might get there eventually. And I'm, I, I could be wrong. Maybe that already is possible as a thing that you could do. Let's think about true dealings as well in combo with him. That makes his item stuff even better. Is there rogue items that are high level that you'd want to give to other people? Cigarette case. Really? Yeah. I was going to do the whole bit, Dan. Uh, Yeah, cigarette case. (laughs) You can give it to other people, which is very good. But even, I mean, like, things like uh, all the the crazy rogue things like the was it the pocket watch or whatever like there's some weird oh. there's <laughs> some weird high level rogue cards that he could pass around that might be fun yeah so b- before we talk about specific cards though weakness i think we've talked about his his stat line really not very good it's for mm. a survivor honestly it's like average it's not like a terrible stat line but it's still not has great. it in different fashion right it's the same as Illy's stat rat line just re- rearranged yeah still is too um, and I, I think also, yes, his weakness really isn't that bad. It seems seems fine. Yeah. I was going to say, if he's worried about it, he can take Peter, but he can't. So. <laughs> he can level zero, Peter. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> Moving on to like his favorite cards. Is, is this the Dario haste deck that we've all been wanting? <laughs> well, uh, I I that, uh, I did try that deck once. It was not great, but I no. But but Bob wants the reason to be above ten yeah. resources or whatever, right? And, and like does, Dario also does. Dario does gives two stats. Yeah, I mean, gives two stats. <laughs> he might. Yeah, he's probably gonna lean into like the big money stuff later and later in campaign, right? So yeah. anything that any of that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good support for that coming out too. By the way. Yeah, any of that type of stuff is gonna be useful for him. Uh, you know, anything that Preston likes is probably gonna be good for him. Although I don't, I think there's zero argument for a dark horse in him, right? Can we take that off the zero. table? Zero. Don't ever. No. <laughs> like, like, like seems, that, that's seems, just going to be seems terrible. Seems even more terrible for him than it is for everyone else. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I would agree. All the standard uh, big money cards, um, maybe not like the level zero, um, the service events, just because you can only fit a, fit a few level zero cards. Yeah, that um, might actually be a notable weakness, honestly, because like there's so many good cards but he can take like lola santiago he can take a lot of the cards that give you money he can take uh oh, streets he can take streetwise if he's willing to pay the taboo tax on it and um another day another dollar you know there there, there is a lot of stuff he could take he can give other people shotgun right High he can roller. give other people like a, a sawed off shotgun yeah yeah i feel like there's like, like survivor level zero is like a pretty good pool of cards like we always we always like that's like one of the better off-class cards which is kind of what it is for him so like starting with survivor zero and going into rogue um i think is solid yeah it's just he's got to find a way to much like the preston problem you need to be able to actually use your money your massive pile of money to benefit the team so as long as you got cards that can utilize that he basically does have almost the same card pool as preston except he can play illicit cards which is pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true yeah let's see uh any other any other like favorite cards for bob jenkins is this the backpack there's a couple in the pack coming out is this the backpack investigator (laughs) do you just like just put your deck chock full of Uh, items and honestly backpack it up yeah sure yeah go yeah back and then just hand out stuff to people you just let me let me reach into my bob satchel and pull out you a bob (laughs) item (laughs) yeah i mean uh maybe, maybe might as well is there a way that is there enough neutral there's going to be a bunch of multi-class cards and i'm wondering if there might be enough items that rogue can touch that he can like just be in charge of like getting everybody's items and then other people can focus on like events or something you know decks and he can just like hand out the weapons or the magnifying glasses or or, or whatever he i mean this to. is this is like i really maybe we'll see these in when we when we kind of see like the full set of player cards in edge of the earth but if they're if they added a bunch of like cards that he can access that are just generically good assets that are good for everybody, like assets that just draw you cards or items specifically, not just assets that like draw you cards or help you move or give you money or something like that, then I think he would become a lot better because then he can just start playing those and handing them out to people. And you could start talking about him as like filling the same kind of niche as Carolyn, where like he's pretty good at getting clues, but he also has like actual meaningful support abilities. Funny enough, he's actually pretty good with Carolyn, right? Because she has, she needs a lot of assets out. <laughs> uh, that is true. Although there's kind of I don't know, you kind of have like two people that are throwing money around. So yeah, uh, that, yeah, that is true. I guess I, that that could work. At least they're not going to fight over Peter, right? Right. Because uh, <laughs> did did we explicitly say his role? I mean, I think like. Yeah, like like Carolyn, I think kind of like a support e clue getter. Yeah, so I, I could see him being pretty good in like a, a two person, maybe not solo, but he could probably get by with survivor garbage. 
with sadly just kind of wasted three combat like it doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense should should have been should have been like a four will and one combat or something maybe but yeah it's weird because i mean there are like rogue like guns and stuff you could pick up that could maybe benefit from that but it's you know falls into the skids problem of like and the thin three is like just not quite there to be able to consistently shoot stuff yeah and and i think i think like he even though he has kind of a, a sort of balanced stat line and he's in card pools that are pretty good in solo usually you you're just sort of wasting a chunk of his ability if you're not like tossing items around to people like that's also it's not true. that it would be it's not that it would be bad i just think it would be less fun i think it would be more fun yeah. to play him in a group yeah i think he'll be really flourish exactly uh in a group like three or four players yeah. that's going to be where he's really really fun because he can carry his weight picking up clues with like car ramming into tree which i consistently forget the name of but like look what he's I got found. a lot of access to yes <laughs> yeah. look what ben found and he's gonna be able to play people's it's gonna be a great experience one card that i was thinking about for him by the way do you think that the the fool would be good on him as as a tarot card because it reduces the cost of something that you play by one every turn um i mean help save him money i guess i don't is that is, is that three yeah. experience though <laughs> It's the same it's the same thing we said about the fool being good for Preston is that the actual green tarot card that boosts agility is just not good for a lot of people that can take it including Bob. So if you really wanted to play a tarot card you probably would play the fool, but because you're already you already have his signature card which is reducing the cost of items by 1, it means that like you kind of have to play stuff that costs at least 2 or else they're kind of canceling each other. They're they're not like stacking. But uh, yeah, it could be good. It could be good. Yeah. His uh, signature only works on the item assets, so it helps him with his expensive rogue cards he might get in the full wood. So yeah, might be alright. Oh, and and yeah, and the fool actually it works does. on all cards. So yeah, that's pretty good. That means even if you're playing, but it, but you're hopefully if you're playing Bob, I think you're trying to fit as many items in your deck as you. That possibly sounds right. Can. Yeah, items and yeah. money basically, right? Backpack is backpack is a good example because that's a card that I think is kind of like borderline playable in a normal deck, but in Bob where you have extra incentive yeah. to play items. And, and Backpack Level 2 is pretty fine, right? It's it's more cards, or yeah. more uh, search, and, and yeah, seems great. Supply too, right? Like emergency caches. Maybe he takes the upgraded emergency caches to help people out if somebody's got like ventures and stuff like that going on. He's, he can totally see a lot of, lot of good support and still carry his weight because of his four intellect. Anything else to say about uh, our, our favorite American, Bob Jenkins? Uh, did you have a movie for him? It's a little on the nose, but we were going to pick Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, because it's such a great movie. The good part and, is, uh, you're fired. Was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, that's my name. <laughs> it's so many, so many great lines, so much fun to watch, uh, so many great performances. As far as movies about people trying to sell each other stuff goes, you really can't get much better it's than true. that. It's true. I, I think he's like as far from the Alec Baldwin character as like possible because he actually wants to help people out <laughs> i he's i picture him as kind of a little bit pathetic like the jack lemon character who's like basically just spends the whole movie being fired or like about <laughs> to be fired or worried that he's going to be fired <laughs> the thing that the thing that really humanizes bob this is off topic a little bit but his dream of buying a boat is really the most the most sympathetic human desire in the world right? sure. everybody wants to buy a boat so that's really that's the power of Bob, and that's that's why he reminds me of the the more pathetic characters in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. A bit. I'm so excited to include Bob in teams. I'm just realizing now that like you could take him into Innsmouth, and he can like be the boatsman, where he'll like take the actions to move the boat, 
and then like play all your items for you and then you'll like run off on your adventures and he'll just sit on the boat and be like guys there's a kraken oh no you know like he'll just be that character but in a card game it's great I think if you just paired up these characters, like, I think you would just end up with, like, yeah, if you did Innsmouth or something, Monterey is just, like, running all over the map, picking up a billion clues, and just generally being broken <laughs> as hell. Daniela is basically just, like, just, like, daring things to punch her in the face and murdering right. everything. And I think, honestly, Bob Jenkins is probably kind of, like, wandering around doing capitalism and not really getting <laughs> anything done. <laughs> like i don't think monterey is really leaving any clues around for him to pick up and i don't think that i think he's like kind of asking anybody if they need any items and everyone's like no we're good <laughs> he's gonna be who wants to play 21 <laughs> yeah. wants to see my black but market you know we love him anyway yeah he's uh just there hanging out doing his best yeah thinking think thinking about this that book. this character's a home run i feel like the design for this character is is like just a smash it even before we play him even if we play him like a few times and it's like it's gonna be great memories for sure cheers to that yeah i'm always pro uh ones that very clearly have a great way to role play them in the game so cheers to bob jenkins uh yeah those are those are the new uh th- those are the new dudes the new people that we're gonna gonna be the new with. investigator folks you know i just realized out of all of their unique assets that are signature assets that come out all have like two of a stat and then a wild symbol which is kind of neat i was just they're thinking all very, about that. they're all yeah. symmetrical except for lily who just has four right. <laughs> for one signature yeah they're all yeah all cost two with two, two stat and wild and they're you know each one there's one of each so i do i think it's interesting that the the kind of like puzzle investigator with a very weird ass mechanic is now we've seen it in I think like four different classes now. I think Guardian is the only class that we haven't seen like a really bizarre Laura. world. We had Carolyn. Uh yeah. eh, she's not as much of a puzzle kind, though. Kind of. I mean that's like the closest one, but yeah. Haven't we have we've had Survivor twice, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, Calvin and, and Calvin. Yeah. So What's the seeker one? Amanda, yeah. Amanda? The puzzle is that she's extremely good. <laughs> the puzzle is that surprise <laughs> she's a seeker. <laughs> The puzzle is she rules extremely hard. (laughs) The puzzle, it's like, it's like a Rubik's cube where all the colors are the same. And as soon as you solve it, you get a million dollars. It's like, oh, great. (laughs) Oh God. Well, with that, everybody, which investigator are you most excited to be taking out into the frozen wasteland and freezing to death with? Come hang out with us on discord, reach out to us on Facebook, Reddit, or Instagram, or email us at comments at MUR.FM. If you really love our show and you want to get more involved, join us on patreon.com slash Radio to get access to exclusive Discord channels and other fun stuff. Or just leave us a nice review on your favorite podcasting network. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be safe, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.